0: Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I suffered from misophonia for more than 20 years before finally eliminating it through unconscious reprogramming, using modalities like neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, rapid resolution therapy, and more. The goal of this podcast is sharing how unconscious reprogramming can help you lessen trigger sounds, alleviate suffering, and create more joy in your life. You deserve to do the things you love with the people you love uninterrupted. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Stitch Misophonia podcast. And today I'm going to talk about something that might will probably ruffle some feathers. But if you can take away the lesson from today's podcast and you can really embrace it, I promise you it is life-changing. Not just in how you approach eliminating your misophonia, but also just how you approach everything in life. And this is the same mindset and understanding that not only allowed me to eliminate my misophonia, but it also allowed me to improve so many areas of my life. So I think I said in the first episode, I used to be a really anxious, depressed, like pessimistic person. I really didn't even see the value in doing anything with my life. Fast forward, you know, five, six years later, it's this same mindset that has completely transformed my life. And now I'm mostly mostly pretty optimistic. I'm like a realistic optimist, as I like to say. I'm genuinely very happy in my life. I'm doing the things that I love. I have a career that I really enjoy. I have a fiance who I'm really excited to marry. I have amazing animals. I have amazing friends and family. And I really just feel incredibly settled in my life. And it's all thanks to this mindset that I'm going to be sharing today. And essentially the lesson from today to take away, I'll give you a little teaser at the beginning, is taking responsibility for your life, regardless of any external circumstances, is life-changing. And specifically today, we're going to talk about how fairness and deservingness play into misophonia. So let's just dive into it. So we know misophonia sucks. It sucks. It is not fair. You do not deserve to suffer from it. I'll go on out on a limb and say no one deserves to suffer from it. It sucks. But the truth of the matter is, the fact that it's not fair, the fact that you don't deserve it doesn't matter in terms of eliminating your misophonia. Fairness and deservingness are not gonna help in any way if you wanna do the work to experience relief from misophonia. So let me dive into that a little bit more. What do I mean by that? Because I think that probably sounds pretty harsh. And when I was in that really pessimistic, depressed place, a similar lesson, obviously it wasn't about misophonia, it was about other areas of my life. It felt very personal and it felt very harsh. So let me, let me explain that a little bit. We know that bad things happen to good people. There's even that, that really famous saying of why do bad things happen to to good people, right? We also know that good things happen to bad people. And you might believe in karma, like what goes around comes around. And that's totally fine. That doesn't really influence what it is that I'm saying. Even I believe in, in karma in some ways. But we know that bad things happen to good people. We know good things happen to bad people we also i'm sure we can think of people who deserve to have all the money in the world they are amazing they're constantly giving back to others and you know doing things for their community they're just amazing souls and they deserve all the money in the world and yet they have none we also know people who probably don't deserve a penny and yet they make millions billions of dollars And so what this means to me is that fairness and deservingness don't play into, or at least are not directly responsible for, getting what you want. And that means that things don't have to be fair and you don't have to deserve to be misophonia free in order to get results. Fairness doesn't factor into it. Deservingness doesn't factor into it. You might be thinking, well, it's not fair that I have misophonia and someone else doesn't. You're right. It's not fair. But you know what? That doesn't matter at all. Because the fact of the matter is you have it and they don't. They don't have to do the work because they don't have it. No amount of unfairness or fairness is going to change that because the reality is you have it, this person doesn't. So are we going to rely on, oh, this isn't fair, this isn't fair, or are we gonna take responsibility for the fact that we have it? It's not your fault, right? You didn't do anything wrong, it's not your fault you have misophonia, but you have it, that's just the fact. So are we gonna sit around and say, you know, woe is me, this is so unfair, or are we gonna take the responsibility and say, okay, I have it, I'm gonna do something about it, I don't have to live with this. Same for deserving right? You might think, oh, I'm such a good person. I don't deserve this. You're right. You don't deserve it. But you know what? You have it. You have it. And no amount of deservingness or unworthiness or whatever is going to change it. You have it. So are you going to say like, oh, I don't deserve this. This is so unfair. Or are you going to take responsibility and say, you know what? I don't deserve this, but I'm going to find a way to eliminate this. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to, I'm going to try I'm gonna make an effort. And when you decide that you wanna do something, then it becomes possible for you. But if you stay stuck in that, so I call it like victim mode versus creator mode. If you stay stuck in that victim mode of, woe was me, why is this happening to me? It's unlikely that you're going to create a lot of change from that energy. But if you can shift into, okay, yes, this has happened, or yes, this is happening, What am I gonna do about it? That is stepping into that creator mode. And it's what creator mode is, is really just taking responsibility for your life regardless of the external circumstances. Because again, a lot of things are out of our control. Most things are out of our control. Just like responding to trigger sounds, it's out of our control, it's happening automatically. But the thing that we do have control over is What decisions do we make? How do we respond? How do we move forward? And I know that some people are nervous to take that responsibility because when they do, if they do decide, okay, I am responsible for my own life, then that means that they failed. It means that they must be doing something wrong because here they are taking responsibility for the fact that you are the only one who can do something about misophonia for yourself And yet you still have it. So that must mean you failed. It must mean you're doing something wrong. But you haven't failed and you aren't doing anything wrong. Just stepping into that awareness, stepping into creator mode, as I call it, that is progress. Because this opens you up to possibilities. It opens you up for growth. And it's going to allow you to see the paths that are before you that can help you to experience less suffering, to have less trigger sounds, to clear your misophonia. Whereas if you're living in that mindset of, oh, there's nothing I can do, this isn't fair, I don't deserve this, you are less likely to notice the things around you that can help. And so if you do want to eliminate your misophonia, as a misophonia rewiring coach, I am here to support you every step of the way. Like if you work with me, I'm gonna be guiding you. I'm doing a lot of the work. I'm showing up, I'm talking on the calls, I'm creating these resources for you. I am giving it 110%. I go all in when I work with clients. At the same time though, you have to take that step to join the program, to do one-on-one coaching with me. You have to take the step and actually come to the calls or watch the recordings, to fill out the workbooks, to listen to the resources. You actually have to implement and show up so that you can get the support that you need. And that really starts with taking responsibility and saying, you know what, this sucks, this isn't fair, I don't deserve this, but the only way out of it is if I do something about it. Right? It it doesn't matter if you have it and someone else doesn't, we're here, so Let's do something about it. Another thing, this is kind of just coming up in the moment, uh, but it's something that I have talked about with a client recently. They said something along the lines of, well, so they had been seeing progress, right? They were noticing trigger sounds, but also, even though they were aware of them, they weren't being triggered. And they said to me, you know, I really wish I could just get to a place where I wasn't aware of these sounds at all. And I said, you know, I understand you know, that line of thinking. And at the same time, we don't want to totally shut down the part of the mind that brings danger to our attention. Because if you're walking down the street and you decide, hey, I'm gonna take a shortcut through this dark alley, and you see a figure in the dark alley holding something in, the, in, your, in their hand, your mind is going, hey, danger, do not take that shortcut. That's a good thing we want to have that awareness. That is potentially life-saving. What we need to do is just train the mind to understand when that awareness should spark danger and when awareness is just that, you're just aware. And that's what we can do with unconscious reprogramming because the mind is incredibly smart, it keeps us alive, and at the same time, it makes a lot of mistakes. (laughs) We trip over our own feet, we forget things that, like important dates like anniversaries or birthdays. We make mistakes all the time. But what we do is we course correct. So let's say you forget someone's birthday, you're like, oh shoot, you know what? I better put that in my phone so that next year my phone reminds me with a calendar notification or something so I don't miss this person's birthday. Or maybe I'm gonna friend them on Facebook so Facebook tells me when it's this person's birthday. So you course correct and the next year you do better, right? You don't forget. Same thing with misophonia. So when we hear a sound, our mind is thinking, oh my gosh, that whistle, that throat clearing is holding a knife, it's gonna come get us. And we get to say, hey, thank you for that awareness. I'm safe right now, there is no danger. And we get to help the mind make that distinction. Another thing that this person asked me, this is actually what I was originally going to talk about. And then somehow I got on the tangent of having that awareness and why it's a good thing. But the other thing that this person asked me, they were asking me, well, Brooklyn, in your opinion or your research, what, where do you think misophonia comes from? What do you think is the cause? Why do you think some people get it and, and some people don't? It was a question along those lines. And I told them, I said, you know what? There are some really intelligent people who are researching that and who may have answers for you, but to be totally honest, me personally, I don't care. (laughs) It's not something that I'm going to look into because for me, if you're walking down the sidewalk and there's a huge pothole in the middle of the sidewalk and people are getting hurt, people are riding their bicycles, they're falling into it, they're tripping. I mean, people are getting seriously injured. Is it more important that we figure out the philosophy behind the pothole? Why is it here? Is it going to grow? Are we going to see more potholes? What's going on? Is that more important? Or is it more important to fill in the pothole first? Stop people from getting hurt. And then, if we think it's valuable, then we can go back and do all, you know, ask all those other questions. Why is it here? How can we prevent it? Are there going to be more? but let's get relief for people first. Let's stop people from getting hurt and then we can go back and do all of that. And what's really cool about this is I was telling my fiance this last night, I was reading a book actually. Let me let me pause this so that I can get the book really quickly. Okay, I'm back. So the book is called Buddhism 101 by Arnie Kozak. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. And I'm reading this just because I love I love learning new things. So I was very interested. I saw this book, I think at five below. We were just walking around and purchased it. And it's been really good so far. But the page that really stuck out to me last night, and again, this is what I was telling my fiance about, is this paragraph. Let me pull it up here. It is on page 56 of this book. And it says, Buddhism is religion in action rather than belief. It is also practical rather than intellectual, as is reflected in the metaphor the Buddha used of the man shot by an arrow. Humanity is like the man wounded by an arrow, and the arrow is dukkha. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, dukkha meaning suffering. Intellectual pursuits over practical application would be akin to hesitating to withdraw the arrow before you find out what kind of wood it's made from, who shot the arrow, and at what angle the arrow entered your body. So essentially what they're saying is a lot of us try to figure out, well, where is this suffering coming from? What caused it? What's something in my childhood that caused me to feel this way? And that information can be really, really valuable. But how about first we end the suffering? We lessen the suffering. We get the healing and the attention that we need, and then we can go back and unpack that if we think that it'll be useful. This podcast went in a million different directions. <laughs> and again, some of this may ruffle some feathers. I also wanna say that while yes, a lot of my own experience is is presented in this podcast, also a lot of the points of view, one came from reading and getting my certifications and all of that, but a lot of it also comes from RRT or rapid resolution therapy, especially the perce- perception on, um, perspective on fairness and deservingness. And so if you wanna learn more about that i would check out rapid resolution therapy the founder is dr john Connolly. he is amazing it's a really amazing modality it's something that i use with my clients and i incorporate in the group coaching program so i just want like credit where credit is due again some of this is from my own experience like i talk about victim mode versus creator mode that's very much my own language but it is infused with all of these other modalities and things that I've been trained in. So know that I'm not just like some person that's just like spewing out all of this wisdom. Like this is coming from the people who, who trained me in the programs that I'm involved in. It might also sound arrogant to call it wisdom, but I don't feel arrogant saying that because it's coming from people who really know their stuff, right? Um, It's coming from people who have helped to lessen a lot of suffering in the world and who really care about helping people and so i'm really glad that i get to share this with you and even though again it might ruffle some feathers truly when you step going back to what this whole podcast was about victim versus creator mode when you can step into that responsibility and say you know what this sucks but i'm gonna do something about it the world opens up anything becomes possible for you And that's really, really exciting. That's how I was able to get myself into a place where I was willing to show up and do the work. That's how I got to a place where I actually started seeing results. And I want that for you too. So if you are looking to work with me, again, I'd love to help you with this. You just have to show up, right? You have to do your part and commit and show up and and hang out with me. You can apply for one-on-one coaching. There's a link in the show notes. I take very limited spots because... I also work full time, so I only have so many hours in the day. But I do have one-on-one coaching uh, spots available. And also, as of recording this, there are three spots left in the beta launch of the Rewire Misophonia at the Source six-week group coaching program. Again, this is the first time uh, I'm ever launching the program, so it's going to be discounted. And also, you're going to get a lot more live interactive elements, and you're going to be helping me make this course even better, even more effective for future rounds. So not only are you benefiting and you're getting to lessen sugar sounds, alleviate suffering, create more joy in your life, you are also helping future students, future members who are going to benefit from this as well. So if you're interested in that, I will also put the link in the show notes if there are any spots available. If not, get yourself on the wait list so that you'll be the first to know about the next launch of the program. Thank you so much for taking time to hang out with me on this podcast. Again, links in the show notes if you want to hang out with me or check me out on my Instagram at Brooklyn Dish. That's D-I-S-C-H. And I will see you in the next episode.